Welcome back to This Food Thing podcast and season three with me, Gemma Richards. As before, I invite a special guest to share their experience with food, namely friend or foe, whether it is easy or less so. In light of the first two seasons, it appears to be foe for many, as it was for me. But this doesn't have to always be. Exciting news. We've started a crowdfunder for the podcast and to help fund anyone suffering with an eating disorder unable to afford one-to-one therapy. Check the link in our show notes, donate, leave a review. We're always so grateful. Because you know if this area of your life is skewed, then so is the rest. It's never just about food. Welcome back to this Food Thing podcast. I'm delighted to be here today with Debbie Butcher. Debbie is a helpline volunteer for the Body Dysmorphic Disorder Foundation. I listened to Debbie's interview about her son's BDD on the Foundation's podcast. Not only was she eloquent and insightful, but after further investigation, I realised we share similar views on food disorders. Namely that anorexia, obesity, thinness, fatness and all the other stations in between are about feelings, physical manifestations and behaviours of our internal emotional selves. Debbie says that as as a compulsive eater, obesity has been a factor of her life for 30 years. Sometimes she manages well, sometimes not. She is also a keen runner. Debbie, welcome to this Food Thing podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it's very nice to have you back. I was going to talk about the technical problems from last time, but I think I'm going to gloss over. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm great. Good, good. Um, We started before, as we always start, with the question, food, friend or foe. How would you describe your relationship with food? Is it friend? Is it foe? Um, It's both. Um, It's neither one nor the other. Um, It's a friend at those difficult times in my life it has been a friend at those in those difficult times yeah. in my life but that then turns it into a foe when actually um you know it, it, it's the root of, of 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 my problems or it has been the root of my problems and so, what would you when you say my problems what do you mean my problems my, my problems with uh how i feel about myself um self-esteem um lack of confidence which you know anybody that that knows me outwardly would say really really but yeah those feelings come in because I have you know as you've as you alluded to in the introduction I've battled with obesity for most of my adult life certainly it's it's certainly my mid-20s onwards I'm early 50s now um and that has been driven by the fact that I compulsively overeat and and as you as you as you've said that I it's a feelings thing it's you know my my obesity is not about food it's about feelings it's about how I feel what I'm coping with what's going on in my life whether that be you know you know stress related which which I've coped with um and how have I coped with it well for me it's been about compulsively overeating Okay, I'm going to take you back a bit to when it started, but what do you think the, what are the main feelings? Is there one overriding feeling that you're always trying to get to know or that you struggle with? Well, I think... Or is it a group? A I think, I think, I think there's, there's, there's a couple of things. So, um, and I think it, it does take us back to, to when I believe it started, I think. Okay, um, when did it start? When I left home. Okay, and what was so traumatic about leaving home? Well, I have a really strong relationship with my mother. My mother um, 
is uh, very maternal, okay. um, and and her mother was very maternal. And we, uh, the women in my family, in my maternal family, we have a very strong uh, kind of relation. I speak to my mother every day. Wow. I have spoken to my mother every day of my adult life. She 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 spoke to her mother every day. I spoke to my grandmother every day. Um, and when I was in my late teens or early twenties, I, I I met my husband, father of my children, or my first husband, I should say, father of my children. And I left. I'd come from Manchester, in case you hadn't, in case you hadn't noticed <laughs> really? my accent. And I met somebody who lived two hundred miles away in the southeast, and I made a fairly quick, impetuous decision, which a lot of young people can can relate to, at nineteen years of age, which was to leave that cocoon of my of my protected in existence for want of a better phrase mm. and up sticks and strive out into the brave new world of of of, 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 of moving south my mother begged me not to I oh did say. she oh absolutely so okay so she begged you not to did you feel guilty for leaving yes still do do you yes have you spoken about it with your mum yes and what does she say i she knows uh, that um that i feel i made the biggest mistake of my life by by leaving I, I you know I went on to have two children so I'm not I don't want to turn back the clock and say you know I wish I'd never done that because I have two amazing sons and I you know I wouldn't have had them I don't had I not done it but how did that decision at 19 years of age shape who I am now and shape my relationship with food over the last 30 over the last 30 years undoubtedly yes and that's and that and, that, and, and it didn't shape it in a good direction what was Okay. Well, so, you know, the food and the maternal figure and comfort and nurturing and nourishing and being held. Uh, what was food like when you were a kid at home? Completely healthy. Um, we grew up around horses. We were active children. We were out all the time. There was no time for, we, there was no time for, uh, for, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm from that generation we didn't have computer games we didn't have any of that so we were active children me I have an older sister we did everything that children do we learned to dance we swam in swim clubs we had horses we if we weren't at school swimming doing homework we were mucking out we right. were that that was our our childhood and and my father's uh, family are farmers so they were pretty back then they would have been pretty self-sufficient they 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 grew what they ate. Yeah, uh, I, I, we were never fed out of convenience. My mother would have prepared prepared a proper home cooked, freshly cooked meal every day. Um, had school dinners at school. So, so you had very clear messages about very food. Clear. Do you just briefly, because obviously, as you said, it's about feelings. It's not about the food. Did does your mum have a a positive relationship with food? Does your did your grandmother? Does your grandmother? D yes, yes. And your dad? Yes. Right. Everybody. So there's no, there's nothing going no. on around the kitchen table no. when you're kids or anything. No, nothing. So it really does start when you leave home. Yes. So, okay. So you moved to the southeast, oh. and you've left your mum, and you feel very guilty about it, and she doesn't want you to leave. That's such a pressure. That's such a big thing to carry because, as we all know, now that we're all wizened and about 156, you realise that yeah. 19s, you're still a baby, really, aren't yeah, you? Absolutely. And 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 the conversations I've had with my mum since. Uh, have been along that lines. She, she, and and I, I, I don't want to say that her begging me has her begging me not to go was uh, that I've carried that with me in a negative way. That her begging me not to go was out of 
concerned because she if she was sat here now she'd say I knew that it was not going to be a successful outcome for you because I knew what kind of I was a sensitive child I was a you know a uh, my sister was always a bit more independent. I was quite a sensitive child. And I think my mother knew that, I don't think she knew how it would manifest itself, but she knew that it wasn't really a good decision for me. I was too young. I was fairly wet behind the ears. I was sensitive. I'd never had to experience any of the harshness of life. Mm. I, I, I'd had a really stable, secure traditional loving caring existence up to that point um and i think my mother knew that i was just too young to be making that decision that life-changing decision so um, but isn't it it's the isn't it the job of the parent to wave the kid off or wave the young adult off into the world with their blessing even if they think it's the wrong decision or they, you know, they, they'll say, yeah. you're saying she knew it was. Yeah, and ultimately... Isn't that what you actually have to do? Yeah, and ultimately, ultimately, my, my mum and dad did do that. They, right, they, yeah. They, you know, I, I, I married my first husband. They adored him. They had a great relationship with him. My dad travelled down to look after my children when they were young. I was completely supported by my mum and dad. Um, so it was to do with your response it, to your behaviour. Yes, and so you began to compulsively eat when you were pregnant after uh, you were pregnant? After both my children. So there's two years apart. So by 25, I'd had both my children, which when I look back now, I realise was also incredibly young. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm indoors with little money. Um, my husband's self-employed. Um, sometimes things were good. Sometimes they weren't. And sometimes they were very bad mm. um and i'm indoors with two small children i'm away from my family um which i've never got over to this day i've never got over not seeing my mother every day i, I cope with it better now but it's been the biggest sadness of my life that you, so why haven't you moved back because of my children and because they were I've tried over the years a number of times and when I when I floated it with my children when they were younger particularly when I got divorced and my children were 15 and 13 that would have been a that would have been an ideal time but they they were born here this is their home and I now feel that if I remove myself away then I'm detaching myself from my children and it's the lesser of two evils and so it? it continues and so it continues yeah absolutely absolutely it's massive isn't it absolutely if they would come with me we'd be gone tomorrow right it, yeah and, and so it be continues because if they have grandchildren then what am i doing right. i'm removing myself from my family and and, and I've, I've discussed this with my mother my mother would not want me to do that because the kind of mothering i had from my mother i give to my children right I'm, I give to my boys, even though they're 31 and 28. Yeah. I give that, I still give that kind of mother in. The, it's what I know. It's what I am. Uh, you know, sometimes people might say, oh, you know, you need to be a bit of tough love here and there. I'm, I'm not capable of doing that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I make it quite clear. I'm do you think you do give that. the tough love to yourself? Yes. Okay. So you're... Um, so I'm 25. You're 25. I've yeah. got two small children. I uh, have a husband who is who had spent some time in the army, had a very tough upbringing. Mm. Um, 
I think it's fair to say, I, I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to diss my, my former husband, but I think it's fair to say that he uh, was not in touch with his emotional self. Okay, yes, probably going into the army will do that for yeah. you. Was not in touch with his emotional self, still isn't, mm. still isn't, but has never had, and, and that's a product of his upbringing, which was tough. I'm not going to... I'm not going to be critical of that. But he was not in touch with his emotional self and therefore could not offer me any emotional support at all. So were you were you sad? Were you lonely? Were you uh, lost? All of the above. All of them? Yes. And so, yeah, so you started to eat, which is yes. quite a normal, natural response. Yes. And it does work for a little while, doesn't it? It does bring you comfort. Yes. And then... It doesn't bring you comfort when it becomes a habit and a behaviour and you feel very differently after eating. Or, yeah. yeah. Because there's a line between normal... I, I, I use the word normal. I hate using the word normal because nothing's <laughs> normal. But, but there's a line between eating a little bit more than maybe you should. Uh, and we all go and have meals out or, you know, I've had a pizza today or whatever. And compulsively overeating which is going to cause you physical and emotional distress so, there is a difference between yeah. liking your food a little bit and carrying a bit of weight and emotional eating which is is actually uh forming behaviors of of compulsion and repetition and uh, uh, that, that, that take you to a different place, that take you to emotional and physical distress. And anybody that has been there knows what I mean by that. So the physical act of compulsively eating is different to just enjoying my food a little bit. There's a difference. There's a massive difference. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. Welcome back to This Food Thing podcast. I'm here with the lovely Debbie Butcher and we are just talking about compulsive eating. And I went for a break because I knew we were about to get stuck in because I understand compulsive eating, but only in knowing that I, could, I would get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So you explain how it is for you. So I've never done that. I yeah, why have you I, never I, done that? I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't get my head around the fact that you wouldn't. You'd have to do it. No, to I sit with it all. Yes. Oh, you've got to get rid of it. That fe That that. I think I've had that uh, connection to that feeling of fullness and that feeling of. This is a really difficult word, but that kind of almost self-loathing yeah. disgust do, yeah. you, do, do you know what I mean 100%. by that and it's difficult to say I, I find that I find it difficult to say that so is that the point that you're getting to are you trying to get to a point of self-loathing and disgust so that you can stop or do you is there comfort in it there's a lot of comfort in it and and for many years I've not been able to stop and I think you know in the in the introduction you you referenced it really well when you said that there have been sometimes and, and I'm sure other people are the same there are sometimes in your life when you manage it well yeah and I've lost 10 stone twice so there have wow. been times when I've managed it well um and there have been other times in my life when I've not managed it at all so when you compulsively eat, because when I was bulimic, I would obviously eat compulsively. It was always very secret. 
and I would plan it and also be spontaneous about it and feel like I was taken over by something. Yeah. How, how, what does it look like? I, I, I would say it's quite similar. Yeah. So there is, there would be some planning, a whole lot of secrecy, denial, downright lying. Yeah, um, of course. You know, the, oh, you know, the, 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 the usual phrase, which would be, well, I don't really eat a lot, you know. Yeah. You know, well, you're not, your BMI is not nearly 60 for nothing. Um, so a lot of self-denial, denial to other people. You know, you know, my mum will, my mum would, if she was here now, the number of times that she said to me, you know, I don't know why you, I don't know where all this weight has come from because I, I, you don't, you don't eat much, you know, in her naivety, just because you don't see me do it doesn't mean it's not happening. Would you say that to her? No. Do you say oh, that to can, her now? Yes. So okay. I've I've got to a stage with my entire family. I, I remarried four years ago. Uh, I think we've all become more aware over the last 30 years of the of food as a as a negative factor in some people's lives. I think we've all become more aware. Could I have had that conversation with my mum 30 years ago? Probably not. She'd have probably said, don't be don't be daft. Right. But now she gets it. She gets it that my use of food has been as a as a is a direct correlation to those those feelings that I have had since I was in my early twenties of sometimes distress, sometimes guilt, sometimes shame, sometimes you know, just unhappiness. Um, so she gets it now that uh, that and again the phrase I don't it's not my fault almost. You know, I'm not just some gluttonous, greedy person. Mm. There is actually something else going on that has controlled and controlled my actions and behaviours um, with with food. It, it could have been alcohol. It could have been. Oh, a class egg would. It, could, it, it could have been anything. Yeah. Uh, the difficulty, those of us who struggle with food as our drug of choice, um, is that of course food is an everyday is is an everyday is an everyday factor in everybody's life, and it yeah. plays such a big part in all our social gatherings, in all our in all our worldly entertainment, and all our interactions with people. Food is a big part of that. Oh, you need to eat to survive, don't yeah. you? And we're predators. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so being in control is we can't just abstain like you can from alcohol, uh, like you can from class A drugs if that's that's your drug of choice. Yeah, we can't just abstain from this. This is that's why friend and foe. It's it's both at the same time. So I'm struck by. So one thing, but we'll maybe go back to it, that you that food is a drug for you. And I'm also thinking that when I used to binge, I never, I'm trying to think back, I, and I binged a lot for many years and I had a vast appetite. It was like a switch went off in my brain and I could eat anybody under the table. I used to pretend it wasn't happening as I was eating. And then I'd be very anxious until I got rid of it, all of it. But I, I wouldn't be in my body. It would be an out-of-body experience. And it was only when I'd got rid of the food that I could then kind of come back into my body, come back down to earth. I'm wondering with you if 
you and I hope this isn't too personal but if you feel numb a lot of the time and in the act of eating you're able to contact those feelings that you mentioned of shame of sadness and it's when you've got food something inside you that you start to feel yeah, does think, that make any yeah, sense it, does. it makes a lot of sense and I think I think you hit the nail on the head there um, because I've never even been tempted to to get rid of the food right you need it you need yeah, it inside I've of you I've never even been tempted to get rid of it which it's always perplexed me right. why, why I never did that yeah. never took that step um I don't know why um and I and I it's, it's almost as though I needed almost to be enveloped in it and yeah. wrapped around me like your mama I, yeah 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 I, I, I do think so. Now, now I'm looking, look back, and I can analyse over the years, and 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 the same with you know, like I said, like I said earlier, you know, I've lost ten stone twice. Uh, so the, when you, yeah, I mean, that's an extraordinary amount of weight to to lose, and would require a lot of control. serious discipline. Yeah, yeah. Although there is that euphoric yeah. feeling of. I'm doing this, I'm succeeding, the weight's coming off, look, and you're on that trajectory upwards, aren't you? Yeah. Is that what keeps you going when you're losing the weight? Yes. Um, that euphoria is fantastic. Um, and I actually, in both in both cases, lost it pretty quickly. So within a year, both, both times, pretty damn quick. But was it ever, was I ever really honest at the start? What do you mean by that? Honest with myself about what my the tr my true relationship with food was? Probably not. So what were you telling yourself it was? That I just like my food a bit too much. Ah. Oh, were you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't okay. think... I think it's only been in recent years that I've actually really looked at myself. And to be honest, it coincides with other area of my life, which, you, again, you mentioned at the beginning, which is that I am a volunteer for the Body Dysmorphia Disorder Foundation. I, I um, man the helpline. And this and is because of your youngest son, which correct. is an, an extraordinary story in yes, itself. Yes. And we can talk about that, yes. but I know that that has taken up a large part of your adult life. Yes. And it, it was ex it, it's extreme, isn't yes. it? Yes. And, however, his bravery, yeah. his bravery... Mm to be honest about what was going on with his mental health which 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 has been very poor at times we've nearly lost him a couple of times and you know this isn't a podcast to be this, no, this isn't a story you, about him no 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 but it's a, but 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 it but it, it it has reflected on all of us on the entire family can i say something that i do know about the story is that i know that he would stand in front of the mirror for eight or ten hours at a time and scream at himself and hit himself. Thump himself. And, and you were all in the same yes. household and in that... And that was for... In that soup. The best part of a decade. Yeah. Yes. So, Every day. Yeah, what do you do with that? I yes. don't know what... I've got chills coming over my Every shoulders. Day. I don't know uh, what I've done. Yeah, Every day. Very, very distressing uh, And violent. Decade. Such violence. Self-harm towards himself. Um, yes. Um, so, his bravery in addressing that and firstly admitting the problem and reaching out for help and and being in some his bravery really and he has been brave his bravery kind of said he kind of said something to me which was 
you've got to be honest yourself. Start being honest yourself. Actually admit it. Admit it to yourself and to everybody else. Like he's done. Like he did three years ago. Three years ago, he finally told me what the problem was. And he it was the hardest thing he's ever done. And I, and for me actually saying, did about prior to three or four years ago, if you'd have said to me, do you think you've had an eating disorder for the last 30 years? I'd have said, don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. Mm. I like yeah. I just like my wine gums a bit too much. Um, <laughs> it's those wine gums. But 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 now, when I think about what I've done in the interest of food, so you know, like you say, secrecy, planning, going to the shop to buy this, going to one McDonald's to buy to buy uh, one thing, and then driving to another one to buy this, exactly the same, and to another one to buy exactly the same. Because, of course, you can't buy it all at, at no, one store. You because you're buying it just for yourself, and somebody will look at you and think, is she going to eat all that herself? You no, know, I used know, to do that. And know. I used to then say to the person behind the counter, this isn't for me. Yeah. I'm buying for people. And they used to look at me going, we're not interested. Yeah. And I'd be telling the story in the, all the different but shops. you've done all those things. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I've done all those things. And, and... I'd have, I'd have just, I'd, I'd have argued with anybody five years ago. If they'd have said, "Do you know what? I think you might. Do you, do you want to think about getting some help for that, or is what's going on?" But it has been. I've had a bit of an awakening as I've support, as I've seen my son Oliver come forward, get help. We've all supported him, and as I've seen him, the bravery he's shown in dealing with it, with his feelings, because BDD is an issue of feelings as well. Uh, it's emotional. It's, you know, it's an emotional connection. I've done the same. I thought, you know what? It's about time I fessed up. Do you? Mm, interesting. <laughs> Do you think that um, actually, what Oliver was doing was what you weren't doing? You're doing the same thing, but you're not expressing the rage because it is about rage as well, isn't it? Yeah. And and despair. Do you think he was doing that bit of it for you or for the family? Yeah, possibly. Po- I, I don't know. Possibly, I'm just throwing it out there. Possibly. Um, yeah. You know, because it's an energetic thing, isn't it, that gets set up when we're really young and then how we express it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's never... He he uses food as, as part of his control and, 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 and within his BDD. However... So he limits his food? He does, yes. Right, okay. Uh, not in an unhealthy way. Okay. Not in an... There have been times where he's been... It has his weight has been unhealthy, uh, but that's more associated with that. If you're spending ten hours in front of a mirror pulling one piece of hair repeatedly, <laughs> as in, like, say, you know, mm. is very closely related to OCD, so that yeah. repetitive yeah, behaviour. Yeah. If you're doing that for ten hours a day, there ain't much, and you're sleeping for seven, six hours. Sure. There isn't much time left in the day, right? To to, to for those other things like eating sure working yeah or anything like that so some of oliver's control over his food were, were actually influenced by his bdd behaviors in that in that he would just forget to eat because his his sensory sensory overload from the heightened state of anxiety you know when you're punching yourself in the face for three hours you're not just going to go okay i'll come and eat my dinner now so i would then say to you that you wouldn't have had time to eat well, when if you're in the same house, well, so would you then eat when he was? No, I'd be quiet. I, I, 
I mean, the distress that I've watched my son go through has been a factor in me not being able, in the times that I haven't been in control. It's been a factor because, you know, the sadness I've felt for him has rubbed off on me and I've sat downstairs when he's been distressed and I've ate and ate and ate. Wow. Listening to what's going on around us. Uh, it's just gone on around us. We've... I, people say, how have you got through it? And I genuinely don't know how, I don't how know we got how through have. it. I genuinely don't know. We did what we did the best we could at the time with how, how we knew. We didn't really know what we were dealing with. We did what we could. Fundamentally, something I always come down to, and again, I've talked about it earlier, about so many people said to me, oh, he's just lazy. There's been times he's not been able to work. We've had to support him. You know, we've had... Even his own father, you know, he's just lazy, get him out of the house and all this. You know, the one thing that I, and I get this from my mother and this is the kind of mother I am, love, we've just loved him through it. We've just loved yeah. him no matter what. And I couldn't do anything else. And we're in a better place now, so I don't want to, you know, he's, you can listen to his story on the BDD Yes, you can, podcast. and I've listened to he, it. He's in a amazing. good place, he's in a good place. But so it, he will now say, because he now does have time to eat and he can eat and die, he'll say, I don't, I don't want to be like you. That's what he says now. And how do you feel when he says, I don't want to be like you? Um, that saddens me a little bit that, mm. that I've had that impact on his relationship with food. Um, he's watched me struggle. But then on the flip side, um, he's healthy. He ate a great Sunday dinner yesterday. So he's, he's not going short of anything. He's weight is in a nap is a, is in a normal range for his height uh so i think you know he's he's he, he's he's healthy and i'm happy that he's healthy that he's at a healthy weight so i, I i'm on the fence with that I, I think i've set an example which is i don't want to struggle with my weight like you've done all your life i, I don't want to be like you and i say I don't want you to be like me either. Yeah. So, I, I, well, there's many, I, many aspects of you that I'm sure he'd love to be like, and I would like to be. But in this, this particular, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not unhappy when he says that. It doesn't I, I'm sad that I've had an that my behaviours have had an impact on him. Um, but he also knows that his behaviours have had an impact on me because he knows that the worst times when I've been compulsively eating. It's not a coincidence that they've been linked to the to the worst times for him over the last 10 years because I've not known what else to do and it's, it's been my go-to release for, like I say, might have been alcohol, could have been class A drugs. When, when you're in despair, which I have, which we have been, or the whole family has been, and I have been, as his mum, I have had some very despairing times. Eat. It's my my drug of choice. It's been my drug of choice, and then he knows that that you know now he'll say we're in a better place now, Mum, aren't we? You know, we're in a better place. You can you can be healthier yourself, and actually, yeah, they're linked. It's linked. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, Debbie. You're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. 
Welcome back to this Food Thing podcast. I'm here with Debbie, Debbie Butcher. And we have chatted a little bit before, Debbie and myself, and she just reminded me of something that we said in a previous interv- in a previous chat and previous interview, which was about, I apparently asked her, I have no idea, that's my lack of hormones, Debbie, and no memory left at all, that I'd asked her why she'd never given up. Because as Debbie mentioned just now, she's lost and gained 10 stone twice. And you can tell from Debbie that she's a real fighter, extremely tenacious and quite a woman. So I'll ask you again, why have you never given up? Um, but this is your pursuit to get to... My pursuit to be in control. Okay. I, 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 my, it's about being in control and being healthy. Okay. Um, so, it's a bit, so you have, you've been there, but then it wavers. Yes. Almost as soon as I get to, in both times, almost as soon as I get to that, and I think it's important to quantify that both times that I have lost 10 stone, those were bef- those both times were before I've had full disclosure. Both times were before I've had what, what we call full di- cards on the table. Mm-hmm. Both times. Mm-hmm. So both times within a year, you know, somebody would look at me one year and I'd be, and I'd like was a, a normal quote unquote weight. And then I'd see them nine months later and it's almost like, how can she have put all that weight on in such a short period of time? Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. It's just, it's fat. I mean, it's literally, you see somebody one month and you're, you're, you you see them and then three months later, I'm barely unrecognizable. How's that possible? Wow. Well, it's possible. So both times I've done that were what I call pre pre cards on the table. This pre- is when you thought you just t- yeah. fancied the, the wine yeah. gums too yeah, much. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> both times were I've I I had never were before I made that conscious decision to say to people around me, people love me, my husband, my mother, my children, people that know me that I actually have a problem with food. I have a real problem with it. And I've done that now. I've done that. I've said to everybody that's close to me, I actually have a real problem, compulsive, repetitive, behavioural problem with food. And it's associated with my feelings of loss, shame, guilt, sadness. So what are we going to do from here? How are we? How? What am I going to do? I've, I've I've declared it. It's out there. I've got account. I'm making myself accountable to the people around me, and I want to be healthy, and I want to live. I don't want to die prematurely. I am. My mum worked in the NHS. Both my parents worked in the NHS all their life. I'm acutely aware of the medical risk, particularly over the last couple of years that mm, we've been in. For sure, uh, there is a medical risk of diabetes, of heart disease of stroke there is a medical risk I'm 54 I don't want to carry that medical risk for for long I never have done it's always been my motivator which is to be healthy and that is my motivator I think it's a great motivator it's the best motivator (laughs) vanity will never conquer this for you it's about you know just wanting to look better I don't care what I look like it's not (laughs) about looking better Mm. it's about feeling better in myself and feeling better from a health perspective and I think that has again solidified in my mind as I've supported Oliver because I've 
had to address um, all, Oliver works now he doesn't work full time he's not able to work full time yet he's 28 I have to address without me over these last few years what would have happened to him where would he have been what, what would have happened he would have been dead he would have died he would have killed himself there's no doubt about it and I have to I want to be here for as long as I can I want to see him be the best he can. I want to see him in his own home, maybe with a family. That's not going to happen tomorrow. Might not, you know, he's late to the party when you compare him to his peers, but we don't do any comparing. But, you know, to his peers, he's fairly late to the party. He, you know, he's nowhere near being able to, you know, date or, uh-huh. or, or do any of those things that young people do. But we're optimistic that somewhere in the future he'll be able to do it. And I want to see that. I don't want to be healthy to see that. I don't want to be in my late 50s having had a... Dis- my mum was a physio. I know how disabling a stroke can be. So I've never given up the desire to want to live healthier. And it's different now because you've had full disclosure. I've had full disclosure with everyone. And because your son's on the up. Yeah. And, uh, well, it sounds like you've gone, this is enough now. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I'm done with I this behaviour. I have. And which I've, is a, a, a very pertinent point to get to. And you know when you get there. And it's right in the pit of your yeah. stomach, isn't it? Yeah. And, and it is what Oliver did with his BDD. Right. I'm done. Right, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. That's what he did. And I I saw that bravery in him. And, and I think I've done that myself. I've said I've done with it. I don't want to come back to it. And I can remember a friend of mine... Uh, last time I lost all the weight and, 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 and somebody very negatively said oh you know you'll just put it all back on again and they were right I did I did not quite all of it but most of it I did and I can remember what I said back to that there were some things that you just remember I can remember what I how I returned that 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 quip and I said one day I hope that it will be the last time I do this I every day I get up and I hope that this is this is the time it might not be. It might, it might not be. So, but I'm never giving up trying, and I'm never giving up the hope that one day I will, I will beat this for want of a better phrase. I'm not giving up because the day I give up is the day I'm committing myself to an early grave. The day I give up, I'm only going one way, and that's up and up and up mm. and up. I, it's not just it's not just casually stopping for me. I'm not just casually going to randomly get in control one day. That's not going to happen. I'm just going to keep going bigger, eat more and more and more. It's, it's, it's not something that you can just casually think, this is going to actually take effort from me to work on myself, work on my emotions, work on my relationships with people. And that's going to take full disclosure. So I, I never gave, I've never given up on achieving that and I'm in control at the moment and my weight is going down I'm pleased with my progress and I'll say exactly the same as what I've said the first time and the second time which is this time I hope this is the last time I'm on this journey I want this to be the last time I'm on this journey and I hope it is I can't be a hundred percent sure but I'm more sure now than I was last time. Yeah. And then I was the first time. So what do you do with the feelings? What do you do with the, the, because you still, do you still feel shame? Do you still feel guilty? Do you still feel lonely or those things? I mean, those uh, are part of the human condition, aren't they? Y- yes, So what do you are. do with them when they... But I, I, I think we've, a, we certainly, I've 
vocalise them a ah, lot more. Okay. Do you I, see someone? Do you have help and support no, around funnily you? Funnily enough, no. Is that something you're going to do? I have a lot of support around me. Right. I, I got married four years ago. And my husband, Paul, is a different fish compared right. to my first okay. husband. A different um, fish. Yes. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> it's not a surprise that he's it's chalk and cheese. Right. So he's, he's far more in touch with his emotional self right. than my first husband ever was. That's a good thing that, you know, for me, the kind of person I am, that's what, it's clearly what I always needed was somebody that I can have that, that softly, kindly person because he is that kind of person. So does that, that must soothe you? That it must does. be it does. very grounding. And, and, and despite the fact that I have always had a really open, amazing relationship with my mum, I, we talk on a different level now about my issues so she gets it she gets it now I can talk about the fact that I've actually I she's my therapist my mother is my therapist if <laughs> you know um and I can now be now I'm being honest I can talk about the challenges around my food intake in a way that I just could have have never been able to do it's I've always hidden it I've always had that well, I don't really eat a lot I don't really know where it why I don't really you know I've always well lied hidden the truth being secretive being yeah. deceptive I've always done that yeah. and I'm I'm not doing that anymore and that's what Oliver did with his BDD he lied he lied to doctors he lied to psychiatrists he lied I've been thrown out of doctor's surgeries for saying shouting at doctors he's lying he's not telling the truth and i've been asked to leave because you know when you when your son's 25 and he says get her out of here doctor i don't want her in here because he wants to carry on lying uh, you know you have to leave he's an adult he's entitled to privacy in his doctor's surgery uh, so they asked me to leave not not him they asked me to leave uh, so now i'm in a different place you are aren't you so yes. be and because everyone's on board and everyone knows yes you can relax yes. and you can surrender yes gently because that's a scary process and you are able to let go of the control aren't you because yes. other people can yeah. hold you up yeah yeah and that does feel different it, it does feel different so yeah. am i am i optimistic that this again another word i use lots of words i don't like using journey <laughs> we all it, do oh journey's the one that i really yeah, try I not to use that, that my my <laughs> My Path. move into a more healthy existence is likely to be permanent for me. I can never be 100% sure that those compulsions are coming back. It will be something I will always battle with. Same as what Oliver says about his PDD, funnily enough. But I'm more confident now than I've ever been if that, 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 I, that, that that is... That is a reality. That, that might be a reality for me, and that will just be amazing to to be in that place, which will be the first time. In which my will be a life. place of balance. And which will be a place love. of balance. What yes. if this is? If food were a character, what would the character look like? Oh, it's like Doctor Jekyll and Hyde, isn't it? Like, I don't know. What does yeah. is it like? A does it have form? Is it? Could you it, it, draw it or oh, describe it? I don't know. I don't know. For me, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. It's like good and bad all in one. It's it's 
you know it's almost like you know as sure as the sun's coming up next day you 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 have to address it because you have to eat we've talked about this it's, yeah, yeah. it's part of life you have to have some kind of nourishment it's part of life so the sun's coming up you've got to face it every day you can't just abstain which is why you know it's almost like the hidden disease in society almost because people can, can you kind of can't excuse excessive alcohol consumption or class a drug use you kind of you kind of can't hide it in the same way that you can uh, you know a, a real problem with food you know? i think well i i think the issue is people's feelings of shame yeah and desperation and loneliness and yeah. and, and guilt and and th- would- that, we, that we don't have a we don't have a, a society when that can be spoken about easily yeah. yet. Maybe it's a bit and, better. And I would tick all those boxes. Yeah. I, I, and certainly the last 10 years, which have been dominated by my son's health condition, um, the feeling of desperation and helplessness and sadness and guilt, you know, guilt is something I talk about with, with you know, in, in my... Um, I mean, you talked earlier about do I do I get any help? I don't get any help, but I kind of do because I'm a foundation volunteer. So I do have a, a you know counselling call with with my yeah. mentor, and we talk about things. We talk about things. We don't really talk about me, but obviously I'm giving help to other, particularly parents who are struggling with their own children or, or young people who are struggling with the same disorder that my son has had, and and I get some 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 you know light touch um support in that way are you able to um are you able to say anything positive about your compulsive eating because after a while when i was more resolved about my eating disorders i was able to see how they'd been if you want to kind of be a bit separate but how they'd been trying to help me and how, in in a sense, they were really effective at times. Do you have any? I, I of that? don't think so. I think it's only been destructive. Okay. If I'm honest. Okay. There's been times when it's given me a lot of pleasure. Yeah. Okay. That I, I kind of concur with you on that. There have been some times when it's given me a lot of pleasure, but in the round for me, I'd say it's just been a destructive influence. Okay. This might be a bit of a crazy question to ask you. After that, we're coming to the end. So my final question is, what five foods would you take to an island? You have a, a larder. You can go anywhere. You can pick your weather. Uh, I'd have... I'd have... So I think th- think some of the things that I have binged on, you know, and, and I'm, 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 I'm sure you can relate. So we, we, we pick certain things that would be the kind of almost like the focus of the day or focus of... <laughs> for me, it would be like the focus of the week. It might be... <laughs> things that I'd never eaten before that all of a sudden I'd become like obsessed with like oh like raisin pancakes okay I mean, so I num- your number one of, food. dream of it, but <laughs> I'd get obsessed with them and eat like okay so you're taking raisin I'd pancakes take, like, pancakes I'd take a bread some bread because carbohydrate what we kind all, of bread are you going to take we all love ca- so so some kind of some kind of Tiger bread. Tiger bread? What's yeah. tiger bread? Well, it's got like some paste on it. That's it? Okay, okay. Take tiger fairy. Chocolate. Okay. Galaxy. Is okay. My chocolate. Of, I do ask everyone this question. Chocolate, it's not of, just chocolate of choice would be galaxy. Okay. Raisin pancakes, tiger bread, galaxy. Galaxy chocolate. Yeah. 
crisps. What kind of crisps would you take? Uh, prawn cocktail. Okay. Walkers. That, again, they, that would be something I would have obsessed on. Listen, I'm a big Walkers I'd have, fan. I'd have obsessed I'm a big on Walkers crisps. Fan. And to drink, I would have taken... Everybody knows me as the diet, the diet, the Pepsi Max girl. You Pepsi because Max I, girl. I don't drink tea or coffee. Okay. So I'm a soft drinker only, and I would, I yeah, I I, I drink far. Too, I'm trying to trying to trying to curb it, but I drink. Uh, I do drink a bit of fizzy drink. Okay. Which I shouldn't have. I all know. right. Okay. You can take all of it. Um, Debbie, I think your story is extraordinary, and you're an extraordinary woman. Thank you so much for coming on this food thing. Thank you it's for been having an me. Absolute delight thank you thank you thanks for listening i'd love to know your favorite bit from this episode let me know on instagram at this food thing podcast or join us again in the next episode